What's up guys? Today we have Frederick from Invice out there in Sweden. A really, really interesting conversation with a, a, a partner that I have personal experience working with back when I was in direct sales in the Nordics. These guys really helped me out when I was working with those customers that had um, some uh, technical needs. Um, we talked to the CTO today, uh, Frederick, who was my point of contact when I was actually working in the Nordics. Um, we had a great conversation about how they think about the business, how their business has evolved uh, to take the lead um, from HubSpot when it comes to developing um, developing their, their offerings for their customers. Also, we talk about a, a particular use case that is coming up more and more with our, uh, with our uh, more enterprise customers, complex data, um, uh, data setups that allow us to to really customize the experience for customers really interesting stuff uh this guy really knows what he's talking about when it comes to uh developing these complex um solutions um so without further ado i'll kick it over to myself and frederick welcome to the dubspot partner podcast where we chat to hubspot partners about how they deliver outstanding value to their customers in an evolving technology landscape and now live from hubspot amia hq in dublin Here's your host, Luke Curry. Welcome to another episode of the Dubspot Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Curry, uh, based out of here in Greystones in North Wicklow in Dublin. Um, be back in the office uh, pretty soon, I believe, in Dubspot. But in the meantime, I'm here with Frederick uh, Landstrom uh, from Sweden and Invice. How are you getting on there, Frederick? It's all right here. Winter is coming. Is winter coming already? I felt a bit of a chill now when I woke up today uh, here in uh, the East Coast in, in Ireland. But what's it like there? What are you, what are you guys rocking? Like a, a 10 degrees or less? Or? We're, we're rocking around like 10 degrees. That's correct. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate it though. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be cool. And you know, last time I was in uh, Sweden um, on a, a HubSpot trip, it was late November and it was chilly. You know, it was really getting, uh, you want to have your, your kind of, you know, your, your, uh, your winter coat on when you're going to those, uh, those client meetings and all that good stuff. But, um, uh, beautiful city to be based out of. Um, I haven't been back obviously during the, all the COVID stuff, but, uh, I can't wait to get out there having, you know, face to face meetings with customers and partners and all that good stuff out there. But, uh, um, you were mentioned beforehand that, uh, invoice, um, actually let's, before we get started, uh, how would you kind of uh, describe Invice to the listeners who have never come across you guys before? You're CTO at the at the business, but you've been there for a few years as well, doing different roles. I know when we when I worked in uh, the the Nordic team, um, we were working with uh, you and the guys in Invice directly um, on the sales point of view as well. Uh, but how would you kind of uh, how would you position uh, Invice as a HubSpot partner? I mean, that's a really good question, and I would say that like Invice is not. Uh, nothing at all like it was four and a half years ago, which is totally fine. Uh, I mean, we started just like probably HubSpot, you know, really good on marketing efforts. We're a creative agency. Um, yeah, just, just really good at marketing. Uh, but I mean, today I would say that we're probably 50% tech because it's all about data. Uh, and I mean, you can translate creative stuff into data. That's what we do on an everyday basis. But I would say that like, uh, we're real, uh, like a full service. Our goal is always to have every uh, specialist in-house, et cetera. So, I mean, I think we're aligned with the time. Uh, we're always changing. So uh, yeah, I just think that we are, as you already know, one of the top partners. So yeah, yeah we do it all. It's interesting, kind of. So you guys are a lead partner, uh, and I forget what the percentage is of uh, of HubSpot partners, but it's in the very, very low digits of uh, partners are uh, are elite. So it's very low. I right. think it's like I don't know, oh 
8%, no, something like that. It's, it's pretty, but I mean, at the same time, it's pretty easy to become a solutions partner without, you know, any, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, you understand what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, it's kind of an interesting kind of journey that we the last four years for HubSpot, like so first 16 years or whatever, we've been running that uh, the, the marketing uh, application and that's been our kind of our bread and butter. But uh, in the last four years, is kind of the inflection point for us as well as uh, getting into the, the CRM, getting into uh, the service desk uh, business as well. So it's been a real, it's been interesting to see uh, uh, see our partners kind of evolve with us was that like a conscious decision for you guys to say a few years ago say we're gonna uh kind of go along with this we believe in this type of uh business change or was it something that you guys every month you're just getting more uh more experience with yeah you know partners are more experienced with uh hubspot customers with different needs or what's the kind of driving force behind the, that type of change I mean, first of all, just because we're a HubSpot partner, of course, we need to play by somewhat your rules, of course, what the, what the system is actually actually supporting. Uh, but I would think that it's like, it's. I think there are two different ways to looking at it. One would be like from a business perspective, because we know that the sales department's budget is in general better than the marketing department. That is solely from a partner perspective here, okay. uh, which is good, always good for business. Uh, the second part is that we we saw like much more, we, we still had that, that rumor that like, you need to go with Salesforce. You need to have a dedicated CRM. And we was like, but do you really need that? Because if you can have everything in one system, and I feel like HubSpot has really taken the opportunity to, to, to really make their CRM so much better, which feels good for us because we don't want to sell anything that we don't believe in. Uh, but now I'm feeling, you know, I'm super positive about the, the future with, with HubSpot and also us. And we're going to adapt and I'm hopefully HubSpot is going to adapt as well. So, yeah. It's, it's great to hear as well the... Like we want to, Salesforce is always kind of in the background for us as like a kind of a big brother or something like that. And it feels whenever I get yeah, yeah. <laughs> these uh, deals against them, it's not even an animosity. It's a, uh, I get, they have a great product, but we have a great product as well now, you know? And uh, I feel like when we go to, uh, when you go to customers with it, it's something that solves a problem. Maybe that Salesforce uh, is, is not as uh, agile to, to, to solve Joe you know? yeah um, so I think that's where our niche is but just out of interest uh, I know you guys are, are based in Sweden and you've got uh, people all over the, the country there but you mentioned before we started to, to chat that you guys were kind of ahead of the curve when it comes to remote working and stuff like that uh, uh, even before COVID is that right Absolutely. I mean, we've been working remote since I don't know when this company started like 10 years ago but it's been this way all the time that I've been here, uh, at least. So, yeah, we, we are working pretty much abroad. I mean, some people are sitting in Bali and in oh, yeah. Spain and uh, up in the northern part of Sweden. So, yeah, we're trying to, you know, keep the remote stuff going. Um, and I mean, that is in general very positive. It's always, you know, this kind of thing with, with the culture uh, and to it's kind of. Uh, race and the bar uh, where you need to really like how can we be a good company even if you don't actually meet your colleagues face to face so I mean that is something that we're working on every day uh, but at the same time we started a long time ago which means that we're pretty uh, I mean we're pretty used to it yeah it got a bit of a head start it's great I think but that is going to be the challenge of the next 10 years uh, how do you build a culture how do you build something beyond processes and you know, yeah, exactly. You can, exactly. You can, you can I believe you can build a really robust process around that guy in Bali or that that uh, uh, person in the northern Sweden and get them to work cohesively. But how can you get them to have buy into the invoice kind of 
life long term um, or any company I think that's going to be if you can get that right that's something that you could bottle and sell because everyone is looking for that formula you know um, something to keep in mind. absolutely so if, if you have the solution I'm like really happy to hear it yeah, okay. <laughs> no but we're getting there absolutely yeah, that's cool all right so what do you guys like when you think about um, you mentioned business has been an evolution over the last 10 years from marketing, yeah. just pure uh, marketing creative agency building value for uh, for customers from a marketing point of view to now delivering from more of a technical point of view like what do you what when you step back and you look at the business like what do you guys do really well what's the What's a project that you guys uh, are really excited about when it comes in and you're saying, okay, this is exactly, this is our, this is, we nail these types of projects. What, uh, what, what would that look like? I mean, you're asking the CTO right now, which means that I probably <laughs> will, will give you another answer than my colleagues. I mean, I just love them complex. I, I love that everything is just like, okay, we have 10 different really sophisticated systems. How can we get HubSpot to be the source of, of truth in this scenario? And, you know, just to get all the data in one place and just to use and act on that data, I think that is the most fun way of doing it. Um, so, I mean, it's... It, I can only speak from a CTO perspective. I've been working as a CMO back in the day, so I kind of know the marketing department as well. Yeah. Uh, however, I also know that it's like, as I mentioned, it's, it sounds boring, but it's all about data today. Um, and if you have the right data, you can communicate the right way. So I would just say um, people that are really looking into, you know, going to the next level, not only talking about the classic inbound marketing, oh, we want to attract people, blah, 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 blah. I want it to be like really personal, really trigger-based. I see a lot more B2C uh, companies coming into HubSpot, a lot of SaaS companies. How can we help them, you know, using our customers' softwares to actually have the best onboarding ever based on triggers? So I kind of like to see HubSpot as an engine for you know, driving revenue and driving a really good experience for the customers rather than just being, you know, let's send out this email and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. probably just simplifying everything. But I mean, that is my, um, that is what I'm really, you know, uh, psyched about. So, yeah. And that's what we should, I think that's when we think about our customers, that's really the way we should be positioning HubSpot as well. I think you're, I couldn't agree more when you're thinking of as, as an engine of, of revenue creation for people. Yeah. That's, that's what gets people excited. If I was a, a buyer of software, I'm like, that's what I want to talk about. You know, like I said, it's great to send out a uh, yeah, a fabulously a fabulous uh, designed email, which you can do in HubSpot as well. But um, yeah. if, if it doesn't have the context, contextual uh, kind of data driven uh, reason for reaching out to those people, it's uh, it's not going to drive revenue as much as if it uh, if you really thought through the process. Um, so very interesting there. It's it's interesting. So when you think about Sweden, Sweden to me, I used to love working in the the Nordic market because I used to talk to people. People seem very open minded about new technology. Um, is there like a a niche or a, a vertical that you guys work really well with, or that you you know without discounting other uh, verticals that you might be working with that you kind of you enjoy working with is it the SaaS companies is it the you know b2c uh uh econ businesses what's the uh what what's the type of companies that excite you to work with in uh in sweden 
Yeah, so I mean, that's a really good question as well, because uh, I would say that the Swedish market in general is like, uh, everybody's pretty, you know, accustomed to, to technologies and really want to work with that. But at the same time, we have, have, you know, so few agencies that can really do this. It's us and there's a few others, which means that we can't really, like in the US, say that like this is our vertical that's the only thing that we're going to do so we have everything from you know these really big industries that are working with like paper uh manufacturing it's like you know really abstract kind of uh, stuff and then we have this as you mentioned like plastic surgery we have this b2c and a lot of SaaS companies so i wouldn't say that we ourselves created a niche because we don't see any reason we're kind of always hungry to learn more about different industries um, but I would say what I can see, I mean, is more and more coming would be like a lot of SaaS companies. And we also probably going to discuss later on what I, what I would look forward to HubSpot also optimizing in the future. But I would say that like there's a lot of SaaS companies and there's also more, as I mentioned, more trigger-based communication rather than the classic lead nurturing, you know, where you kind of try to get them from top of funnel to bottom of funnel. No, now, now it's more, you know, in-app notifications, you need to really have browser notifications, real-time information, etc. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a mix. The Swedish market is like some of them have never heard of HubSpot and, and you know, really using data-driven marketing. Others are so good at it, but they just want, you know, our specialist help for that really nitty-gritty stuff. Yeah. So it's, I don't know if that's a good answer, but that is like the, the most transparent answer I can give you. Yeah, I find it, uh, it kind of confirms my own experience working in, uh, in Sweden as well. A really, uh, a really vibrant economy that has lots of mid-market companies, loads and loads of kind of, you know, it seems like everyone worked for, you know, uh, like a, a mid-market company or, a, you know, a few enterprises, but there was a lot of uh, mid-market, a lot of kind of scale of businesses. That's what I always love working yeah. with. Um, and it's it's very, like I said, an open place for 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 kind of new, new businesses and startups. Like I have a friend uh, here in Ireland who went to, uh, he went public on the Swedish uh, stock exchange because they just seemed to get it more what he was trying to do. Um, so uh, yeah. when I saw I saw the the press release quote and I'm like, this is strange. Oh, like it's how did this happen? But uh, when he explained it to me, it uh, it made a lot of sense. So it's interesting there as well. But like, so where like from a, a case study point of view, like if you had to to point to a, a company like maybe recently or one one of your favorite ones that you've done, uh, like a even not even name the company but uh, was there a project that you've done where you've uh, uh you've made a big impact uh you know uh, recently absolutely i i can think of like i don't know if i have the time for it but i have two of them which i think are pretty not similar at all but really what we see coming uh at this moment in, in regards to new customers so let's start off with the with the most tricky one then uh that's that's a really complex case where we really needed to enable all the betas that hubspot has available uh, and nice. not available <laughs> i guess it's like a, i don't know if it's called a Delta or Charlie <laughs> version of stuff, um, but that's a, it's a it's a big betting company uh, that wants to use leverage actual the odds the current odds that are being updated every second. So we need to really need to look into the limits of HubSpot and the playground. Wow. Um, so we just connected to all their databases, and they want like okay when when someone is logged into our. Um, 
what do you call it, like our logged in mode on our betting site. Yeah. Uh, we want to be able to trigger uh, notifications, in-app notifications and browser notifications. And all these needs to be real time, which means that, you know, the data <laughs> will be fetched from one yeah. place, going into the hub DB. Yeah. And uh, based on that also be triggered into, you know, a third party that is called one signal, which I kind of love. Um, and also that we really use what is called the, uh, programmable emails, which is also, you know, you can fetch some information from the HubDB and into uh, marketing efforts just to have, you know, when you send out the daily newsletter, you have today's picks uh, from that bookmaker, etc. So, you know, this is the kind of stuff that I've been talking a lot to solutions architects at HubSpot as well. Yeah. We really, you know, together had a really good team effort here trying to like, okay, what is the limits of HubSpot? How can we do this? Um, it kind of doesn't make sense in the end, but I mean, the end goal for that customer was that a marketer could just go into HubSpot and easily create a new super cool notification or a new uh, newsletter that was just going to show up the real-time values. That sounds simple, and it is simple in the end. But I mean, even before we get to that point, there's so much structure and architecture in the background. But it's kind of fun that HubSpot can help with that because that wasn't possible three years ago. So I would say that is one of my favorites, at least. That's an amazing uh, use case because I like I was involved in a project that was similar. Uh, it wasn't exactly the same industry, but it was similar enough where we were doing some. Uh, it was like a, a real estate business where, you know, if you wanted to, um, if you were looking for houses in, uh, in Lyon, or whatever um and in, in this price range every day they'd send you the new ones and we'd have to program those emails to kind of pull that data from their database to put it in and it did it worked perfectly in the end but there is a lot to think through about getting that right and in this case that this is it seems to me is like a, a betting site um you can really uh, monitor a, a, an ROI based on those because you're saying, okay, there was an action taken after they received this. Uh, exactly, you know? yeah. And then, and then you can connect it to revenue and say like, okay, we sent this notification to 100 people, 25% yeah. of them actually purchased this thing and that makes the ROI, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, just, just to elaborate on that, and that, that is also one reason when I started working here, we had what is called, you know, in general, marketing automation specialist, which is kind of the, the worst title that I know of, but it's still like, <laughs> like established, which means that we still use it. However, we see that, you know, the, the difference between working inside a HubSpot UI as a marketing automation or sales automation engineer or specialist, it's kind of similar to being a coder today, which means that we have merged those two departments into one tech department because there's no you know, line between those two anymore, which yeah. means that, you know, it's all about just data and code and craziness in order to generate that well-deserved ROI in the end. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's kind of, it's funny how things changed. I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of just, you know, um, I'm super stoked about it. And I think that this is something that people, sorry if I'm just, you know, <laughs> getting crazy here. Um, but what I would say is like, Talking about, you know, the marketing automation specialists, et cetera, I come across a lot of, of customers that come to us and just like, we are investigate, investigating on finding a new marketing automation system. And I feel like you are totally missing the point of HubSpot. Yeah. We use marketing automation, the, the, I mean, the logic, the engine that we talked about before, for like 10% of actually communicating with our customers. Rest of it is just structure to get like everything really good and organized and automated. Um, and I think that we need to push that kind of 
that's the heart of HubSpot. You know, it's just workflows because you can do anything there. Uh, and I think that it's, it's a big learning curve for our um, for our customers at the moment. But if, if they realize that, I think we can, you know, have a really good upcoming years. I think so. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Like, I think it, one of the problems is when people are looking for a, a marketing automation platform or just a marketing automation kind of generally, um, sometimes at the you know, at the enterprise level, they might send out a, an RFP where you're re- replying to a spreadsheet and HubSpot doesn't really sell well on a spreadsheet because we're, it doesn't do this, yes or no, yes or no. When you could compare that to uh, some of the other kind of just uh, bread and butter um, yeah. uh, marketing automation uh uh, systems it's very difficult to see the difference because we're talking about all the other data points that we can bring in so i think that you know once the once our marketing uh, department as well um kind of get that message across to all of our our, our prospects i think that would be uh, good for everybody but listen what's the what, what do you guys think are, is going to be the 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 path to growth for you guys for the next five years or so um is there any plans to uh, go more international more local what's the what's the uh the plans for for invoice uh the plans are to continue growing with our relationship with hubspot i mean that's been so good where we really you know been working hard to uh to come in you know a good contact and have a good relationship with the direct the team at HubSpot and I feel like that is super fun because then we can do so much you know fun projects together so that is absolutely something that has been successful and I think we're gonna you know invest more in that um so that is that is one part the other part would absolutely to be um to open new offices I think that would be really fun we've been talking about Germany for so long I don't know why why we I know why we want to go to Germany so bad Uh, but for some reason I think that we're probably going to have an office in Spain, one office in Germany, and I think all, almost also Denmark, because I see that there's a lot of stuff happening in Denmark at the moment. So I'm really looking forward to just, you know, opening new offices. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think yeah, that's the that's the path. It's interesting. Germany's always, Germany's exciting for me. It's, like, it's just a juggernaut. I think we're both from quite, I would say, from a size point of view, I guess it's not that small, uh, Sweden. But how many people live in Sweden? It's not a huge population, is it? I think it's like 10 millions, probably okay. something yeah, like that. That's, that's compared to probably 60 or 70 million people in, uh, in Germany. And, you know, I think, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. It's super uh, exciting. In Ireland, we've got like 4 million. So we're a little, you know, or it's on the, on the edge. So, um, yeah. markets like that really, um, really excite me as well. But also I think, you know, best of luck with the, with, with the expansion there. It's been, um, it's been great to work with you guys when I was in the direct sales team. I had experience working with you um, and the, the guys at Invice and had a great uh, had a great time there. Great, um, you know, great success. And I think that, you know, if we can keep that going, that's uh, that's great. And if we can support your growth, uh, you know, that's what we're all about here at HubSpot and the partnership program. Um, it's been an absolute delight having a chat with you today, uh, Frederick uh, Landstrom. I keep. I'm gonna. Landstrom, that is correct. Landstrom, yeah. I'm gonna work on my Swedish accent for our next uh, our next call. But uh, thanks very much for joining us no on the podcast today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was uh, was super. Thank you.